Welcome to the Making Footprints, Not Blueprints podcast. My name is Andrew James Brown and I'm the minister of the Unitarian Church in Cambridge, UK. Knowing that full scope always eludes our grasp, that there is no finality of vision, that we have perceived nothing completely and that, therefore, tomorrow a new walk is a new walk, I hope that, on occasions, you'll find here a helpful liberal, religious and philosophical reflection that encourages you to journey through life, making footprints rather than blueprints. Welcome. A small-sized mystery. A New Year's Eve meditation offered as a short talk for the day to the Cambridge Unitarian Church as part of the Sunday service of Mindful Meditation. Over the last week, thanks to the wonderful fact that the temporary manse on New Square has room enough to welcome guests, Susanna and I have had the pleasure of being able to host a family Christmas for the first time during the 23 years I've been the minister here. Susanna's two children, Sarah and Jim, their partners Eugene and Alba, and their respective children, Phoenix, age six, and Armando, age 14 months, shared a Christmas Day lunch with us, and later on we were joined for a few hours by an old friend, Mohammed. Amazing. Utterly exhausting, of course, but amazing nonetheless. So a great thank you to the church committee for making this possible. But today I don't want so much to concentrate on the human side of these very pleasurable few days, but instead on something else that was revealed during Christmas thanks to two other guests who were staying with us, namely her daughter Sarah's two cats, Kitty and Arlo. But I'm getting ahead of myself, and firstly I need to return to the conversations that unfolded around the kitchen table on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and the days that followed. In amidst all the genuinely fun stuff that was happening, at times we inevitably touched upon the pretty grim reality of the world at the moment, both at home and abroad. We talked about the phenomenally increased cost of the food and drink we were sharing, the unseasonably warm weather and the disturbing associated question of the deepening climate emergency, the parlour state of the National Health Service and social care, the lack of affordable and decent housing, the disturbingly right-wing drift of the current UK government, the post-Brexit issue connected with the right of partners from countries other than the UK to stay together. Alba is an Italian national who's lived here for 11 years. The ongoing war in Ukraine, the horrific and genocidal violence displayed by both Hamas and the Israeli government and the Israel Defence Force. A subject only made more painful and real because Mohammed is a Palestinian refugee. More grim subjects besides, including, of course, the threat of AI and the forthcoming US election. So let's be completely honest about it. None of these things point to next year being a good one. But as I often mention, I'm a great believer in F.H. Bradley's maxims, that where everything is bad, it must be good to know the worst, and where all is rotten, it is our work to cry stinking fish. And I do not think it's right, nor indeed sensible, to enter into the coming year without a frank acknowledgement of just how bad things are and how a great deal worse 
they could very easily become. But this grim litany serves to bring me back to the aforementioned cats, Kitty and Arlo. Because this year they helped me see something fundamental about the world that, if we are to stand any chance of getting through the coming years in a way that doesn't utterly break our spirits, we really do need to acknowledge and foreground. As most of you will know, the thing about cats is that they do their own cat-type things, regardless of the conversation going on at the kitchen table or the events in the wider world. Now, in previous years, although there'd be a chance I might have noticed this, I'm pretty sure I would have immediately moved on from it, seeing in the cat's behaviour absolutely nothing worthy of further comment. But this year I noticed the cat's behaviour with a poem by Jane Hirschfield very much in mind, thanks to recently rereading her wonderful, and to my mind, always astonishing 2011 collection, Come, Thief. The poem is called A Small-Sized Mystery. Leave a door open long enough, a cat will enter. Leave food, it will stay. Soon, on cold nights, you'll be saying, Excuse me, if you want to get out of your chair. But one thing you'll never hear from a cat is, excuse me, nor Einstein's famous theorem, nor the quality of mercy is not strained. In the dictionary of cat, mercy is missing. In this world where much is missing, a cat fills only a cat-sized hole. Yet your whole body turns toward it, again and again, because it is there. What Hirschfeld's poem achieves, or at least what her poem achieves for me, is to bring me back with a sudden bump to the basic and utterly astonishing mystery of life. A mystery that there is something, not nothing. As it does this, I'm simultaneously brought face to face with the realisation that the mystery of the world's reality and appearance is not something that can be properly or fully understood through human categories, such as the quality of mercy, or Einstein's famous theorem. The human dictionary, whether moral or scientific, simply doesn't come anywhere near close to mapping the whole of reality. Nor, of course, does the cat's dictionary, and in both, much is missing. These lacunae serve to remind me that just as a cat fills only a cat-sized hole, it's also true that a human fills only a human-sized hole. The world may be a mysterious, graceful gift in which we live and move and have our being, but, and it's a vital but, but the world is not and never will be simply for us alone. But always also for cats and mountains, fishes and fungi, insects and rivers, deserts and whales, saucepans and squeaky doors. And I remain convinced that were humanity as a species better able to see this truth, many of our hubristic stupidities could more easily be stopped. 
but how to bring this stopping about? Well, I think the cat serves as a good example. Because its unasked for and frankly mysterious presence on our laps on cold nights demands our whole body's attention again and again, simply because it is there and not because of anything else. The cat quite simply calms us down, stops us from doing stupid and unnecessary things, invites reflection and repose, and in so doing, takes us out of ourselves and reminds us that we are not the centre and ultimate purpose of existence. And today, on New Year's Eve, I want to suggest that our central task for the coming very, very difficult year is primarily to continue to engage in and significantly deepen our own community's still developing, mindful and creative, free spiritual practice, which, to stick to Hirschfeld's metaphor, serves to keep the door of our being open long enough so that a cat will enter. As I hope you've already realised, the cat here stands both as an actual example of and a symbol for the wonderful mystery of being itself, which is always already entering into the world, whether we notice it or not, and whether the human species survives or goes extinct. And I have faith that, when consistently practised, our mindful, creative, free spiritual practice is capable of being something like the bowl of food which, as Hirschfeld notes, if we leave it out every day, will encourage the cat to stay. And so help remind us of how better to turn our whole body, peacefully and lovingly, towards all other beings, simply because they are there. And that brings us to the end of this edition of the Making Footprints, Not Blueprints podcast. So, farewell for now, and remember, tomorrow a new walk is a new walk. See you on the path.